0: Welcome, Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity.
1: Well, you can hear me on the radio. You want to turn me on, turn on your stereo.
2: Welcome to you today to CSE Talk Radio. It is my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. You know, we're getting closer and closer to Thanksgiving. It is almost right, honest. You know, it was just yesterday, Rudy, that it was July 4th. What did I tell you about July 4th? As soon as July 4th is over, you know, we just anticipate Independence Day and the barbecues and fireworks, and some of the kids will be home, and some of them won't be home, but it's going to be a good time. And then summer's over. Right after, it is over. It just seems like after the 4th of July, just whoosh, and it's gone. And here it is, almost Thanksgiving, 20-some degrees outside. I think it's supposed to hit a 40 degree today before it's over. But you're not here for the weather, and you're not here to hear me rambling. Oh, maybe you are. But I want to remind you as we start our prayer for the morning that Donald Trump, when he announced his... Uh, um, running for president, his candidacy, he asked Americans to pray for him and to pray for this nation. And I haven't heard any other politician do that. He speaks of you. Remember this as we continue the show. But right now, let's go to the Lord in prayer. For such a time as this, oh most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you as individuals, all those who are listening across this great land, with humble hearts that want to praise you for the God that you are, the great I am. Oh, how you love to show your love and your grace and your mercy to us. Oh, that mercy. We read about that in our devotional this morning. Father, thank you for your merciful ways, even in our trials and our struggles, in our pains. You are always there. Thank you. Thank you for providing a way for us, our salvation. And that agape love and the patience that you show with the, your children who are so wayward at times, selfish. Father, we do pray also for this nation. It has fallen away from you, O God. And I know that is the truth in all the trials we are experiencing. is because we have lost our godly focus on you. Forgive us and help us to turn away, to turn back. Turn away from our sin. Turn away from ourselves and turn back to you. Father, we have been praying for Donald Trump. And again, because he requests that we will continue, even though we would have anyway, to ask for your protection around him, your wisdom. Pour out your compassion on him that he may have compassion for others. Keep him strong and healthy, O God. Give him that gift of discernment as he chooses those who will be around him because in the past he has chosen poorly and they have stabbed him in the back. You know that pain. He is no you, Jesus, but he is a man that I believe is trying in his own way to help America. I don't agree with everything, but I believe, Father, He has put himself and his family in danger. He is standing in the gap. For all those who hate the citizens of this nation, especially the Christians, he is standing between us and them. I pray that you will protect him and his family. And Father, I pray that this nation will turn away. Father, I just thank you. I know that you have placed me here for such a time as this, and I haven't quite figured that out yet. But here I am, Lord. Send me. And it is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're excited about 3,000 shows. I kind of mentioned that yesterday. We have not done really anything to plan a 3,000-show party yet. Not yet. But the show... The actual 3,000 shows lands on Friday after Thanksgiving, which is not very convenient. I got to looking back and it seems like most of my little, uh, holiday, most of my, uh, ventures or where I've finally made a milestone have landed on a holiday or right by a holiday. So we do have, I am in the planning stage of two great shows for Thursday and Friday. And if you are busy with your family, I could, I certainly understand that. I'm going to have over 30 some people in my house. So I certainly understand that on Thursday and Friday, but they'll always be there for you to go back. And what we are going to talk about that, um, that quote that I'm always sharing with you about the corrupt one. Once a republic is corrupted, you must remove the corruption and restore the lost principles. We're going to talk about. Those Lost Principles on Thursday and Friday next week. I think you'll find it very interesting. I did a little bit of studying on that as I'm writing my book. It is one of the chapters in my book, The Lost Principles. So be sure to tune in if you possibly can. Escape the family. You know, sometimes you just got to go hide. hope they're not listening. But sometimes you just do. You just have to go, you know, get in a little corner and... uh Bask in the quiet, if you can find quiet when there's 30 people in the house. But since 3,000 shows land on a holiday, we will celebrate it on Tuesday, November 29th. Not sure what we're going to do, but maybe, 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 maybe Rudy will bake a cake. I don't know. <laughs> you going to bake a cake, Rudy? Don't hold your breath, darling. <laughs> well, that'd be a long time to hold my breath. So we don't know what we're going to do. If you want to send us a card and congratulate us, that's fine, too. Um, it's a milestone that I'm pretty proud of. And I hope I can uh, live up to all the, all the support you have given me throughout the years. It's 13 years. It's 3,000 shows. Of course, that day it'll be like 3,002. <laughs> but today's show, the title of today's show, is them, they, and us. Have you noticed with all the pundits that do the voting and analysis of elections that they mention the voting, and they mention the ballots, and they mention this, and they mention that, but they talk about parties, and they talk about them But they and them don't seem to talk about us. Oh, they like to separate us. They like to categorize us and and say, these group of people voted this way and that group of people voted that way. But they really don't talk about us. To serve, to be a servant of the people in politics, was never, ever, ever in the eyes of our founding fathers supposed to be a career upon which you get rich and richer and take advantage of who you are and those us they are supposed to be servants for there was never to be a ruling class in America all men and women were created equal have you noticed that Equity is replacing the word equal. This is a serious flaw and infringement upon liberty for everyone, everyone, to all of us, not them or they. We're going to delve into this just a little farther when we come back. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann, and we will be right back. Liberty for all, and we love America. Order your set now, and a set as a gift for a special patriot in your life. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty home to your table. Use the promo code Bethann and receive a discount. LibertyTabletop.com or call them 844-386-2338. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. The title of the show is Them, They, and Us. So recently, Mitch McConnell decided primaries don't really matter. You know, primaries are where the people choose who they want to run in their districts or in their states for senator or representative or whatever. It's the people's choice. But it had no bearing on Mitch McConnell's Senate So he refused money, which would have helped with advertising and such, for those candidates that the people chose in a primary. And he allowed them to lose. This is for the Senate races. Mitch McConnell participated in his very own election interference and election manipulation. Call it what you want, Mitchie boy. Mitchie boy decided... To make sure the people's choices in their primaries in a few key races were not elected. Think about that. He interfered with the people's choices of their primaries. He could have just left it alone and let the people choose. But no, he had to work his own little magic by removing the money from those Senate candidates. I would call that vile, wouldn't you? Would you call that democracy? Thomas Paine said this about democracy. A democracy is the most vile form of government that there is. We constantly hear the word democracy. Now, maybe you have have been listeners for a long time. You're getting tired of me on this horse. But I think it is so vital and important that we understand that while our government has some, what they call, democratic policies, we were not established as a democracy. We constantly hear that word. Nancy Pelosi called the people's house the temple of democracy. The news media, both sides, constantly speak of democracy, as if it is a good thing. Remember, in America, we were established, our government, as a constitutional republic. And these wise words from a founding father should be stark warning to us as he explains why democracy as a form of government is the vilest of all, just like Thomas Paine said. It was Alexander Fraser Teitler, and he actually wrote this. I believe it was to John Adams. A democracy cannot exist as a permanent form of government. It can only exist until the voters, that's us, discover that they can vote themselves a largess from the public treasury. From that moment on, the majority always votes for the candidates promising the most benefits from the public treasury with the result that a democracy always ends up failing. And then in that same quote, he goes into from abundance. I'm sorry. Yeah, from abundance. No, no, no. I've lost my words, Rudy. I lost them again. From bound you're bound you're anyway you know what i'm saying i'll get it together here in a minute but i thought i had it written here but we go from this cycle and democracy will assure that cycle and we start out in slavery then we get out of slavery from what is it bondage why did i want to say the other word from bondage to spiritual faith I'm really not losing it, folks. I'm just getting ready for 30-some people in my house. <laughs> from spiritual faith to great courage, from courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to complacency, from complacency to apathy, and from apathy to de- to to dependence, and from dependence back to bondage. Now, you can rest assured that's exactly the cycle that we have taken on this path because Our government officials have made sure that they're running this like it's a democracy instead of a constitutional republic. You know why? Because they really don't like that constitution. The constitution sets out their job description. It's a contract between us and them. And if they would follow the contract that we set forth before them, we wouldn't have the issues that we have today. We wouldn't have the crises that we have today. They have only four important things they are supposed to do, these elected officials who are servants, not rulers of elite, to protect citizens from foreign invasion, to protect citizens from crime and maintain peace at home through law and order. To provide justice in the courts and to keep the people free. Do you ever hear a politician speak of these? Would you say they've done their job well for us? Shouldn't we start firing them? Now, I never watched the... I was never a Trump fan before he ran for president. I'm just going to be honest. I never watched The Apprentice. I didn't care for his attitude. I still don't sometimes. But it's kind of like you've got two surgeons, and one is a top-notch surgeon, but he's got a horrible bedside manner. And the other one, he's an okay surgeon, but he's just lovey-dovey. Which one do you really want? Well, anyway, as the Gen C or the younger generation would say, true dat." Because they do not. They and them do nothing for us. But they and them do a lot to us. They and them are very close knit. And when it comes to us, well, we seldom enter their plans. In this way, I'd say pronouns do matter. Wouldn't you? Carrie Lake has not conceded yet, and I, in my opinion, she should not. They should have a recount. I don't know that it'll do her any good because the Democrats are leading that. But even Travis Tritt said she should not. He says, I'm not a politician, but my advice would be do not concede. (laughs) So election deniers, is that what we are? You know, I don't think it's an election denying. I think it's just obvious that something isn't right. Wouldn't you? Something didn't happen right. If it takes more than one day to count these votes, something isn't right. If you don't have enough counters, then bring in some more counters and make sure it's even, Stephen. If you need ten more, get five Republicans and five Democrats. Make sure it's even, Stephen, and put them on each other's table. Not on the table, but at the table. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be like uh, that other politician that likes to dance on the table. So I have an article here that I was really going to share with you earlier this week. But it says, can you believe election deniers still exist? <laughs> in fact, it's kind of, that kind of caught me, that title. It's written by Alban Satter. And then he goes on and on in here, and he talks about they still deny that the left steals elections. The right and right out from under their noses. They're the ones denying, not us. Yeah, we're, we're questioning. Why does it take so long? And why is it when they recount like this, it usually goes to their favor when it's prolonged like that? We know Carrie Lake was way ahead of this girl. This girl wouldn't, she wouldn't debate Carrie Lake. You know why she couldn't debate? Because she didn't know squat. And she had all the wrong answers. But Carrie Lake was an election denier for 2020. Now, there are are those that say we need to stop talking about that. Just that's in the past. Just put it away. Just ignore that man behind the curtain. But if you don't fix what's broken, it will continue. And it will continue to get worse. Isn't that what happens in a car, Rudy? If something's broken in the car and you ignore, you know you got a bad, what do they call them? Fan belt. Do they even have fan belts anymore?
1: Yes, they do. And yes, or no, they do not ever fix themselves.
2: (laughs) They don't fix themselves? No. So you can't ignore them? You got to replace them. That's what you got to do, is replace them. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. Us versus them and they. Or is it them and they versus us? Either way, it's time for us to start initiating our authority, don't you think? You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We'll be right back. We have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. So we talk about them and they and us. And I have somebody making smart remarks over here on Facebook that's listening. Apparently, he's not a conservative. <laughs> he doesn't like conservatives. But when we talk about them and they and us, it is supposed to be about we, the people. It's not supposed to be about Democrats or Republicans. You know how I feel about the two party monopolies, because you can see what Mitch McConnell did, and you can see what the Democrat Party does. they make sure they win an election, and the Dem- and the Republicans make sure we lose one isn't that crazy? Have you ever figured that out? I haven't figured that out, but that is why the American people do not trust Republicans and so here it is: twelve Senate Republicans vote with the Democrats for far-left Respect the Marriage Act. Now, there's been a lot said about this. You know how I feel. But the 12 Republicans will be the ones you're always going to hear the vote with the Democrats. This is just one issue. But there's many times, like sending money to Ukraine again, or doing this, or another omnibus bill to spend, spend, spend... But 12 Republicans, oh my gosh, I am so sorry that we ever elected this guy and be rest assured I did not vote for him. Senator Roy Blunt from Missouri. Richard Burr from North Carolina. These are the Republicans now and they all voted with the Democrats. Shelley Moore, Capito, a Republican from West Virginia. Hmm. She voted with uh, that other guy from West Virginia Mansion, you know. Susan Collins, the re-Democrat. She's the re-Democrat from Maine. Johnny Ernst, (laughs) a re-Democrat from Iowa. I'm sorry, Tim. I know you're listening somewhere. Cynthia Loomis, a re-Democrat from Wyoming. Wyoming's trying to change things. They are trying hard. Lisa Murkowski, the re-Democrat from Alaska. Rob Portman, the re-Democrat from Ohio. Mitt Romney, the re-Democrat that stabs people in the back from Utah. Dan Sullivan, a re-Democrat from... (laughs) When I'm saying re-Democrat, they're a Republican on the ticket, okay? From Alaska. What's going on in Alaska? Come on, people. Thomas Tillis. Tom Tillis. I wonder if he's related to Mel Tillis. A re-Democrat from North Carolina. And Todd Young, a Republican or a re-Democrat from Indiana. Now, they all voted with the Democrats. There was only 10 Republicans that stayed with the Republicans with what they believed their constituents. You see, it is what their constituents want. So the Democrats, I guess, if their constituents really want this, that's how they're supposed to vote? Well, really, it's also supposed to be what the Constitution says. And I think both parties tend to ignore that because it's about them and they and not so much about us. Moving on. Nancy Pelosi. She's going to make some kind of an announcement today. Maybe she already has. We've been trying to listen. Haven't heard it yet. But... There's all kinds of rumors of what it's going to be. And she may claim that she's doing this because of this attack on her husband. I don't know. There's a whole lot we don't know about that. We could do all kinds of conspiracy theories and blah, blah, blah. But when people don't tell the truth, that's how conspiracy theories start piling up. It was horrible what happened to him. But what exactly did happen? Okay. So if she resigns, she just won in her district. Huge. I mean, there was no contest. She won (laughs) bigly. And I would think to resign right now, and I'd like to see her gone. There's no doubt about that. I'm not a Nancy Pelosi fan. But her constituents voted her in. How unloyal is she going to be to them just because she doesn't want to turn over the gavel to some Republican and lose face? She's very proud, you know. She's also very old. And so are many of them, not just the Democrats. I mean, it's on this article. It's listing all the old Democrats, but there are a whole lot of old Republicans up there, too. And somebody here says that we need to have new life. Well, yeah, we need to have new life. Do you remember when Ron Paul was running? It was the young people. It was the youth that were supporting Ron Paul. Big. I mean, in a huge way. Huge. But, uh, the, uh, ruling class Republicans didn't like him. And so they didn't lend him much support, did they? And there was where they could have brought in the young votes. That's where they could have done that. But no, they didn't. And he does tend a little more lean on the libertarian side. But I do like Ron. I actually like Ron Paul better than I do Rand Paul, but I like Rand too. So who can we trust? Here Pelosi is. She may be, we don't know for sure, she may be bowing out of this situation, unloyal to all the constituents that just now, two weeks ago, (laughs) just now elected her in a huge way. I have a couple articles here. One is by Dennis Prager, and I'm just going to bring it down real short. He mentions all kinds of things, but it was a young person, That ask him, how do you know whether a politician, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, is telling the truth? How do you know? And basically, he said, with rare exceptions, the party or the person or whatever that is calling for censorship are the ones that are lying. If you don't want your opponent, to debate you. You don't encourage debate and discussion. You're probably the one that's lying and delving into the big C word called corruption. That in a nutshell. He went in and explained a lot of things in here. And then I have another one. They, these are both from American Greatness. One was written by Dennis Prager. You all know him. This one is by Edward King. And he says, Mob rule and the death of trust. America's elites use lies about race, gender, health, climate, environment, and energy to gut the middle class, explode the dependent class, and transfer trillions into their own pockets. Them, they, or us. Now, if you happen to be someone that's on that dependent class, and don't think the Republicans don't want some of that themselves, you're going to vote, just like we said in the early part of the monologue, you're going to vote for who promises to give you stuff. And while they're promising to give you stuff, they're stuffing their own pockets and bell or billfolds or bank accounts or whatever. He mentions the medical uh, medical field industry. It's an industry, you know. He mentions all the lies that we heard with that, and you know we've been hearing those lies for a long time. COVID just kind of burst it out in front of us but we've been listening to the lies in the medical field. Does it impress you when the FDA puts their stamp of approval on something? I used to think it meant something. It doesn't. It just means they uh, took a little money on something and they decided to make sure it's okay. And then the next thing you know, a couple years down the road, oh, this isn't okay. We're going to take it off the market. And within another year or two, it's back on the market. It may have changed something a little bit in it. But it still has all those warnings. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. Who can we trust? Them? They? What about us? And we'll be right back.
0: Have you heard about vine-to-bar chocolate? It's the winemaker's chocolate. (laughs) The world's first chocolate made with well-vined Chardonnay Mark. and the other possessions will be at your new home. So if you're moving across country or across town, be a pack rat. Join the pack rat family. Call pack rat right now for your free quote. See y'all later, pack rats.
1: 800-761-3146. 800-761-3146. 800-761-3146. That's 800-761-3146.
2: Right now, take advantage of Mike's buy one get one free pricing on MyPillow's bed sheets, Giza Elegance MyPillows 6-piece towel set and Roll and Go Anywhere MyPillows and so much more. Just go to the radio listener specials page at mypillow.com and use promo code BETHAN or call 1-800-978 We have returned. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann, the Newsom connections. I got this article. Oh gosh, it's dated the 14th, and I, the title of it was kind of intriguing. Gavin Biden, but he's actually talking a lot about abortion in this article, and but he gets into some of the the connections that Gavin Newsom has. And I found that extremely interesting because America, these people running this country or think they're running this country, running this country into the ground, Democrats or Republicans alike, they have connections that you and I don't have. So when somebody, some patriot, comes out of nowhere and wants to run for the Senate, Mitch McConnell, by all, he's going to make sure they don't get in on this club. They ain't good enough. There's no equity in that one, I'm telling you right now, or equality. You don't matter. But the connections run pretty deep. So follow me here, if you can. In 1943, a businessman, William Newsom, Gavin's grandfather, helped Edmund G. Pat Brown... (laughs) win his race for San Francisco District Attorney. In 1960, Governor Pat Brown awarded the concession for the Squaw Valley Winter Olympics to Newsom and John Pelosi, father-in-law to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Now, let me stop right there. Governor Brown and then-Senator Biden were absolutely, positively ugly about any immigrants coming in here legitimately to escape the torture and annihilation of what the North Vietnamese were putting on them. Moving on. In 1975... New Governor Jerry Brown, Jerry Brown's the one I was talking about, appointed another William Newsom, the son of Pat Brown's pal, his pal, his friend, to a judgeship in Placer County. And in 1978, Brown appointed the same Newsom to the State Court of Appeal. Keep listening. It gets even better. In 1996, Gavin Newsom served as a volunteer for the mayor campaign of Willie Brown, the powerful former State Assembly Speaker. The mayor appointed Newsom to San Francisco's Parking and Traffic Commission. And later in the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, Newsom was on the elevator but there was more to it than the Browns. Newsom's father also handled the estate of the Getty family. Gordon Getty, heir to the fortune of John Paul Getty, once the richest man in the world, became Gavin's biggest investor in his upscale wineries and such. Mayor McHotty, as Newsom was once known with um his I can't pronounce the names but he had special signature shirts and hair lacquered and you know his perfect Newsom look Newsom's aunt Barbara was once married to Ron Pelosi brother-in-law of Nancy Pelosi Barbara and Ron got a divorce in 1977 when Gavin was just 10 years old. But his connection with Aunt Nancy remained strong. And in March of 2020, when he announced the state of emergency, Newsom told Californians they were blessed to have the leadership of Nancy Pelosi. The ruling class. In California, state, do you think it's any different in your state? If you followed them, I was telling Rudy the other day. I said we talk about discoverthenetworks.net. dot net, but dot net or dot org can't remember. Discover the networks. David Horowitz is uh, sponsors that I believe. It gives you these connections, and not only this kind of a connection, but what they have and where they have gotten their donations. And who they have supported. So I'm certain if we would go there today, we would find out a lot more about the dark money. So is America being ruled by royalties of the Pelosi's families and the Bush's families? And it goes on and on, doesn't it? It's not just one party. But what about the dark money? Is the dark money with the royalties ruling America? We all talked about it. We all saw it this week about the crypto currency, the crypto currency that went down. But the far-left dark money group spent over $1.5 billion for left-wing causes in 2021. This is coming from Eric Lindrum, a journalist and a writer for... American Greatness. Safar left Dark Money Group. It says the five nonprofits are the Hopeful Fund, New Venture Fund, North Fund, 1630 Fund, and Windward Fund. The same network spent another $1 billion in 2022. If they're spending that kind of money on the elections, they're not leaving these decisions up to us, meaning we, the people. It is something we need, us, we, the people, need to consider. The connections, they do matter. Just so you know, these connections and this dark money and the shenanigans that Mitch McConnell pulled? It isn't about liberty. No. And it isn't about us. You and me. And I don't care if you're liberal over here slamming me on Facebook. If you think these guys care a snip about you, you're very naive. We all are. And I had a little bit more, but we'll talk about it tomorrow as we uh, discuss a little bit about the Trump campaign as it's getting kicked off and what certain people are saying about it. I was a little confused about Bill Bennett. He was uh, all on the Trump train, and now he says, I wish he wouldn't do that. I just wish he would have gone away with the great record that he has, with the great record where they've impeached him twice, and they've done this to him, and they're still attacking him. He says uh, he doesn't think he can win again. He thinks he'll lose again. He got more votes the second time around than he got the first time. So what are they basing this on? Are they basing this on... Excuse me. If I say the elections, I'll be a denier. Yeah, I am. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. It's time for us to say goodbye for the day and to bring America home.
1: Home.